This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Navy is celebrating the 78th anniversary of the Naval Air Force Atlantic. 78 happens to also be the hull number of the Navy's newest aircraft carrier, the USS Gerald R. Ford. Since its formation in the middle of World War II, Naval Air Force Atlantic has fought in every American conflict. Joining me with the highlights of a rich history, its current commander, Rear Admiral John Meyer. Admiral Meyer, good to have you on. Well, it is great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity to chat today. And 78 is kind of a neither here nor there year. It sounds like it's something you celebrate every year. Yeah, it is. We recognize this every year. It's not necessarily a round number like a centennial, but 78 is kind of a special number as I was the first CEO of Gerald R. Ford. And we take that opportunity to recognize not only the anniversary this year for Naval Air Force Atlantic, but also the uh, really the advance of the Ford-class carrier, which has been such a workforce for us here on the East Coast doing carrier qualifications. And most recently, uh, you joined us at sea for cyclic operations just uh, last month. Yeah, that was a real treat, I have to tell you. And I can't get over how good the cookies are that they make on board. I imagine it's hard to keep your waistline if you spend too much time on a carrier like that. Well, those cookies are dangerous, and I've generally got a rule that I won't eat them. I know how good they are, and it's very hard to stop at just one. All right. And Naval Air Force Atlantic, interestingly, it started in the middle of World War II in 1943, and it has the term Air Force before there was an Air Force. So you might say Navy was first to have an Air Force. That's an interesting point. I hadn't thought of it that way, but it was it was certainly born as a response, really, to the Battle of the Atlantic and the U-boat uh, war that was going on off our coast, I mean, right up against our coast. Uh, and early in the war, the German Navy was incredibly successful with their U-boats, almost choking off our ability to resupply our allies and uh, to uh, ship goods to and from. And what about in modern times? The uh, Air Force Atlantic has been as far distant as Afghanistan and Iraq? It has. So today, Naval Air Force Atlantic is more of a manning, training, equipping command. So we do have a, a limited operational role, but primarily we produce ready forces. So we focus on current readiness and the development of those forces such that they are handed over to the operational commanders and then deploy literally around the world. We actually have commands from our claimancy here that deploy to the West Coast. We just sent two squadrons that way that got underway with Theodore Roosevelt. But mostly it's focused on the East Coast and carriers and operations that are departing from here going eastward. And give us a sense of the extent of the assets that are under the Atlantic Air Force, that is to say ships and planes and people. Well, it's a pretty sizable portfolio. Right now we have all of the East Coast aircraft carriers and the carriers that are in refueling and maintenance. We've got uh, two shipyards that are here. So currently we have six aircraft carriers here on the East Coast. We have uh, roughly 45,000 personnel throughout that. So we have the carriers, their associated air wings, the P-8 community based down in Jacksonville, Florida. We have H-60 Romeos also based in Jacksonville, H-60 Sierras here, H-53s here in Norfolk. And Oceana as our master jet base has all of our F-18 aircraft here on the East Coast. E-2D aircraft and E-2 training squadron is here in Norfolk as well. And uh, we continue to see expansion of our air wings. So the air wing 
as you know, has not been static. It's evolved since the inception of naval aviation. And we're on the brink right now of bringing unmanned aerial vehicles. We've got the MQ-8 Bravo, which we've been flying for a while. And right now, HSC-22 is transitioning to also fly not just the H-60 Sierra, but the MQ-8 Charlie. And naval aviation is advancing with new technology and other aircraft, but also the MQ-25, which is going to be an unmanned aircraft to fly off the aircraft carrier as a refueler, are are some of our most recent uh, advances or near advances. We're speaking with Rear Admiral John Meyer, commander of Naval Air Force Atlantic. And what is the relationship between the people who fly and that you train to fly and the operators of the ship's upon which you land and take off from? That is to say, are you a guest of the captain of the ship, or how does that all work? Well, it's a, it's a great question, because if you're viewed as a guest, it's, uh, the relationship's not quite as strong as if you're viewed as a partner. So if you look at my career uh, over the years, where I've really seen the most success of that is where the carrier air wing is uh, absolutely partnered with the carrier itself. So they really work together. If you uh, treat the carrier as a hotel, for example, or just as a guest there, uh, you don't have the same kind of ownership. You don't have the same partnership that you do. So really it's this teaming concept where an air wing will be paired up with an aircraft carrier and they will go through the entire workup schedule together. Uh, Lots of practice, lots of reps and sets, as we like to say, lots of exercises and lots of drills. And when you get to that point, you actually get to know, as an aviator, you get to know the people that are on the flight deck, the young men and women that are the handlers that are taxiing you around on the aircraft, you know, the folks that are in ship's company. And it really makes for a much, much better working relationship, a, a teaming effort. Yes, I noticed in my observations of the takeoffs and landing, especially the takeoffs, there was a crew of probably six, seven, eight people on the deck directing everything. And then there was one fellow in... I believe it was yellow that gave the final okay to take off and release the catapult. Those people on the deck, they're part of the air wing or are they part of the ship crew? What you saw on the flight deck, all with the colored shirts, the yellow shirts in particular, almost exclusively part of ship's force. So they belong to the aircraft carrier. They are responsible for taxing the aircraft down, ensuring that the aircraft are properly armed, that they are safely ready to launch They operate the catapults and the arresting gear and the refueling and the electrical connections. And that's just what you see on the flight deck. You know, our aircraft carriers have anywhere between uh, 2,500 people on the Ford class upwards to 3,500 people on a Nimitz class carrier. So there's a lot of other work that's going on below just the flight deck. And before the flight deck operations take place, do those ship and air crews confer and plan before engines are running and people are waving their arms on the deck? Absolutely. So there's a robust planning process that goes on between the carrier air wing commander and the ship's operations team, which is subordinate to the commanding officer of the aircraft carrier. But that team then will determine the number of flights that they're going to conduct during a day, the duration of the flights, and they'll do that scheduling effectively the day or several days ahead of time, and then they'll make sure that the aircraft are positioned properly on the flight deck, armed, fueled. Uh, and What we produce out of that planning process is called the air plan, and it's a, essentially it's just a flight schedule, but it's a flight schedule that identifies the weapons loadout, the 
start times, the launch times, the recovery times, the numbers of aircraft, types of aircraft that are in that sequence. And then that is broken down further at the squadron level to the individual pilots and uh, aviators themselves that are crewing those aircraft and they're executed at the squadron level as a piece of that larger air plan. And as the commander of all of this, what are your chief challenges? What do you worry about the most in a given day or a week or a month? Well, my focus is principally on current readiness. So we focus on preparing our ships to be ready to go to sea. So when we went out to Ford, I focus heavily on the manning, training, and equipping. So making sure that we have proper complement of crew uh, with the right designators and the right ratings, that that crew is properly trained as individuals. So they bring individual qualifications through schools and classes and different training and that we also produce oversight, assessment, and scheduling of more integrated training. And then there's the equipment aspect. So I've got a large portion of my staff that coordinates the repair of equipment on board Ford and all of our aircraft carriers. So that's the manning, training, equipping piece. That produces a ship that is ready to operate. And we effectively do the same thing with the squadron level, except at the aircraft level, the equipment is uh, perhaps uh, It's different. It's not as uh, large, but we've got more uh, capacity in that regard, whether that's in Oceana or Norfolk for the aircraft. But we develop the manning, training, and equipping for the squadrons, make sure that they're together to operate. And then by the time we're done as the Tyke commander, which is what Air Lance's role is, that team of the ship and the squadrons, the air wing, basically transition into what we call our advanced phase of training. And on this coast, that transitions to Admiral Lewis, who is the second fleet commander. And you've got new ships, a brand new ship, and a couple of on the drawing board, not even on the drawing boards, that are under construction. And you've got new planes that you mentioned, new flying vehicles, manned and unmanned. There's a lot of new technology in all of this. And the demographics of people coming into the Navy are changing as the nation changes. How does all that affect future plans for training and skills development and maintaining ultimately that readiness? Well, we try our best to cast as wide a net as we possibly can in terms of demographics. In some areas, we're exceptionally good at that. In other areas, we're not quite as representative of our population as we'd like to be. But we're certainly working to ensure that the Naval Air Force and that the Navy is open to all that want to serve. And my role here is to ensure that I set the table for that, uh, so to speak, to make sure that folks are evaluated on the content of their character and the quality of their work and their willingness to serve our country. And by doing all that, I think that sets people up for success. And I see that across the board. I would tell you that you know all of us have been pained to see some of the social struggles and unrest we had in our nation this year. We don't have those challenges inside the lifelines of the Navy, and I'm I'm very happy to report that. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but we uh, really work, I would say, tirelessly in that regard to make sure that folks are in a position where they are evaluated on the quality of their work, and they're, as I like to say, we work in a meritocracy in the Navy. So you are advanced and your performance is is based on your performance. And that's really it. And from a personal standpoint, it looks like you're part of a Navy family. Absolutely. I think that in my experience, the best commands that I've been in are just that, treated like a family. So that 
when one of your shipmates in your family develops COVID, you know, you call them to check up on them and see how they're doing. And you make sure that if they need anything or if there's anything that we can do or that I can do personally, I do that myself. And I think that that does two things. It, uh, it reinforces the fact that our people are, in fact, our most precious resource. But it also drives home the point that we are a family and that we operate together. And just like a family, we look out for each other, take care of each other. And ultimately, our, our lives will depend on how well we do that as a family, as, uh, as I rely on individuals that work on the flight deck to operate and maintain that equipment that launches the aircraft or recovers the aircraft. Uh, the same with the radar systems and, and all those systems. It's really uh, this interdependence that we create through our culture. Well, actually, what I meant by the question is you have sons that are serving. I do. I do have sons that are serving, and uh, I'm really proud of both my sons. One of them serving as a Marine, forward deployed and deployed to Okinawa, and uh, I have one son who's in Navy boot camp today. And, you know, my wife and I did not push our sons in that direction, but I think through our life of service, my wife's an ER nurse at Portsmouth Naval Hospital. Uh, in my 34 years now of, of service, uh, it might have worn off on our kids a little bit, and I think that they have enjoyed the opportunity to travel the world and made great friends. And one of the nicest things about being in the Navy is you can make friends in, in a location, in a duty station, and you may not see those friends for years. And then when you do see them, it's like you never skipped a beat. And I, that is something that I think is absolutely unique to our our way of life and our service. And I'm really proud of the fact that my sons have chosen that path, whether that be for one tour or for a career like their father. And a final question. There was a lot of news about COVID and the Navy in the Theodore Roosevelt incident and elsewhere. Has the Navy, in your view, or at least let's talk about the uh, Naval Air Force Atlantic, pretty much resolved the issues and how to operate in a COVID era? Yeah, we absolutely have. If you look back to when we had the outbreak on the Theodore Roosevelt, that was really in the infancy of COVID. I would tell you that we didn't understand a whole lot about the disease, about the spread of the disease, about the risk to our workforce. And quite frankly, we've, I think, worked through that incredibly well here in uh, the Naval Air Force Atlantic. We've not slowed down our production. Uh, we've not stopped deploying our squadrons on our ships. We continue to be a Navy that is ready and that is forward deployed. Now, we're smart about this. We certainly wear masks almost all the time. We employ physical distancing uh, to the maximum extent possible. We really, as a force, have limited our exposure uh, and really are only now going to do mission essential type things off base to limit that chance of exposure. But we're very aware of the environment that we're in, the crowds, what I call the uh, the density or the exposure density, which is you know simply the volume of a room, the number of people in the room, the time in the room, kind of thing, and then we you know we're hopeful of the vaccine coming as well. But uh, we've had uh, very very little impact from COVID to the Naval Air Force Atlantic. Rear Admiral John Myers, Commander of Naval Air Force Atlantic, thanks so much for joining me. It has been a great pleasure chatting with you today. And look forward to bringing you back out to the Ford in the not-too-distant future. We'll see you there. And we'll post this interview along with links to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. We all have a lot on our plates. 
work, kids, relationships. And sometimes it can be hard to just catch a breath. When life is go, 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 it matters where you stay. Hilton's family of brands is team members dedicated to making you feel truly cared for so you can mentally check out before you even check in. Take the break you deserve and book your next stay on Hilton.com. Hilton for the stay. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.